This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show, the award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. You end up buying a lot of your stuff now, have you stayed consistent? You're, are you, have you moved from foreclosures and short sale buying to more of marketing directly to people? So I was never the trustee sale guy. I did a couple, but that was never my deal. Okay. Uh, I was always direct to sellers. Uh, obviously, when the market tanked, I had done a bunch of REOs. I was buying the REOs. Like, who wasn't? It, right. it, was, it was easy pickings. So I'd done a bunch of that. But consistently, I've dealt with the landlord. That's... It's never going to go away. Well, I mean, it may eventually go away the way that California, the, yeah, the way the government's <laughs> going. No, other states too. Like mm. I was watching this interview with these these uh, staffers for one of these guys running for president. He was just like, he's talking about like landlords should be murdered. I mean, it was brutal. This guy, <laughs> I was, it was undercover interview, and I was like, man, what is the, like the mentality of that is crazy. I so. you are you are correct. Half yeah. the people that we're taking to Florida it has nothing to do with they're worried about a downturn. It's politics. Politics. They're yeah. just like we're at the end of our physical asset career. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about rehabs, and I don't want to have to worry about politics. And and they themselves are moving out of the state. It seems to be a trend where, so Oakland. I think it's Oakland passed the. Uh, I mean, essentially, they've made felons a protected class, and I and I get that. If you put somebody in prison and they serve their time and they're released, they deserve a second chance. I get that. Right. But not allowing people to do background checks. Like, okay, you're a felon and you deserve to have a home. You deserve a job. You, you shouldn't be marginalized because you did this. You know, maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. I mean, things like happen. People make bad decisions. But I also don't want the guy who was put in prison for murdering his landlord, right? I mean, I don't want that guy as my tenant. <laughs> right. So maybe he could go live with mom. <laughs> but if you were like, you know, smuggling weed or something, I could be okay with that if you're a felon for that, whatever that is. Or Well, until, <sighs> did you hear about the Sacramento thing? What they're finding landlords for? No. If you have, if your tenant is caught with over six plants, they can find you $500 per plant. And there's a real estate investor in Sacramento with over $100,000 in fines. So here's something that I want to put out to everybody listening. Uh, a friend of mine just bought a house recently, a very nice house. Uh, he fixed it all up. It needed quite a bit of, of work. He got it all rehabbed. Uh, he rented it. And, and it was in a couple from another state. And uh, I think I'm not going to bring up ethnicity, but I think ethnicity is important in this situation because it happens a lot. And and when I talk about ethnicity as a marketer, it's from demographics, right? It's, right. it's not racism, it's demographics. I'm always looking at things from a demographic perspective. Mm. But this particular couple that leased the house from him, uh, they turned it into a grow. And there's thousands of plants in that house. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's a very expensive house. What people don't know is that how you get caught is a lot of cities own their own utility or yeah. have close connections. So you have the utility department sort of hand to code enforcement because they're looking to plug, plug budget gaps. A lot of people don't understand over the last two years, CalPERS came back to the cities and be like, so the last two years hasn't gone so well. We promised 7%. It's been way lower than that. Here's your extra under unfunded liability for CalPERS. And it's to the tune of millions. Wow. So it, it's they're going to be looking for revenue sources. So that's my concern. Um, 
with for investors and I think everybody's watching states like Sacramento cities like Sacramento defined creative ways so the state just shut down because of the ADU law. You're building something under 750000 A city can't charge you impact fees. So there goes that stream of revenue. So where are they going to go to next? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just, I, I didn't, a lot of what we did this last weekend, almost half the day was spent on, on politics. Just the opportunity, uh, the opportunity it's the as new, well. It's the new black swan. Yes. Right? And that's exactly why we called it turmoil and yeah. where there was opportunity and what's interesting is a lot of the opportunity is digging in really local because Wall Street won't. They don't have the time. They're very transaction focused to where what you're talking about, if, if you're working with property managers, what a different conversation than even a homeowner. So you market to to absent. Well, I guess yeah, I, mean, just the, the, yeah. Well, I do a lot of other niche things where I find leads. But generally, the bulk of my business has come from for the past 15 years mailing inexpensive. I mean, the cheapest postcard I can get. Because it's not, well, I, I, I've tested everything. There's, I mean, I there's no media that I haven't tested except maybe TV. But I've done, I think I have done, I've definitely done a lot of radio. I've done all that stuff. So I know what works and what doesn't work. And, and billboards, I would say, I, by, by far, by far the radio is the worst. That's absolutely the worst. I would agree. Billboards would be probably be second. However, when you have somebody like Homevestors who's able to buy yeah. a ton of market share for a little money, I mean, because they're leveraging, so then it makes sense. But for the average investor to go out and get a billboard, it just, it's just pointless. It doesn't make any sense at all. I loved watching Open Door roll out. Um, somebody that uh, we know up in Sacramento said that uh, they had interviewed a former employee who said that they were spending over two hundred grand a month on direct mail and uh, digital ads. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I mean, I know you've probably gotten their mailers. They're stunning. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. They were all over Instagram. And they've all disappeared. Oh, yeah. I think they learned that they yeah. also did not convert. <laughs> well, I, I, and I don't think so. My new logo. So I started a new I call it kind of like a branded, uh, a branded version of what I've already been doing. Uh, I'm still kind of putting in that that small town feel and saying locally owned, yeah. a veteran, which I've never utilized that before. But I'm like veteran owned. Why not? Yeah, why not? Right. And and I'm getting a lot of response from that. And people are like, oh, well, I'm only calling you because you said you were a vet, right? So and I should local, put I yeah. should put a picture of me with like my sixty cal machine gun on, <laughs> <laughs> on my website when I was all jacked oh up. Oh my stuff. gosh! So, well, uh, <laughs> to your point, the demographics that's so, perfect. So the it's call for offer is my is my new brand, right? And the C I wanted it to be a telephone with a cord, and so this millennial calls me up and he's laughing at me. He's like, "What is that? A charger?" And I was just like, "You don't know your demographics, buddy." Because people Good under you. people under thirty five don't own real estate. Like you guys are all living in your high end luxury apartments, mm -hmm. so you don't understand it, and that's okay. Because I'm not trying to buy the house you don't own. Right? <laughs> I don't. Want I you want your me. mom's house because <laughs> exactly. she know you. She given it to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have a rotary yeah. phone on my. Yeah, so, that's funny. So so it was. It's about like every down to those kind of fine details. I like to to test and to play with my marketing and. That to me is the entertainment in this business. Like I like that marketing. Uh, yeah, those these little testing things. I, I dig that. Like I, I really love like to get direct into that. mail. It's more expensive. Um, I, I've tested a lot of things over the years. I don't send enough to test enough. I send probably two mailers every year specifically because I have three very different funnels. So I look at you know the people looking to get in the business. Hopefully, we're helping them get to the point where they're borrowing money from us. And then the other category is the passive. And now. 
with the stuff with the 1031 exchanges we're doing, it's this no sort of new fourth funnel, but it's just so different. And how do you feed and direct people down a funnel as quickly and efficiently as possible? So you said radio. I agree. Radio has been terrible Horrible. for us. Magazines been terrible because yeah. converting to the online, if you're really into brand awareness, but I'm a PR guy, I'd rather try to get story placement in very specific media where I don't have to pay or I'm creating content in Forbes or bigger pockets. Um, I love looking at that stuff too. So you said mailers you've really liked. Is there any other platform that you enjoy? Social media, and, and I'm not going to say which one, but I've just okay. been slaying it on social media. And I'm not buying from sellers. They're not on social media. No. I'm buying from these young young gun Hustlers. wholesalers that are mm-hmm. out there buying stuff. Yeah, I've been, I, I think the last, I think we're, we're going to do 11 flips this month. Uh, half of them probably came from wholesalers who just, they went out and, you know, did a, did a, I'm a so glad you untargeted, untargeted campaign. Cause they don't know what they're doing. Like a text blast or whatever. They learned something from the new seminar. <laughs> the FCT hasn't shut them down. Yeah. FTC hasn't shut this them down is yet. Scary stuff. It right? is. Yeah. And I don't think they understand it. I mean, the majority of them are going to get away with it, but the one who gets burned He's going to get burned hard. Hard. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like they're about to shut it down because they're going after the telecom industry. Yeah. So, like, if you participate in this, yikes. Well, already (laughs) now now, uh, my phone, Verizon, has a thing where it says, like, I I would get telemarketer calls all day long. My assistant in my office would be like, you got to stop talking to these people like that. I would be, like, just verbally assaulting these people because it was just (laughs) relentless, right? And and, and I would be making up all kinds of weird stories and stuff, messing with them. Uh, (laughs) Especially when I I made the mistake of registering a domain and not pr- making it private, so I got all these people calling and I would I would say like oh, oh you want to help me create my and it was a very X rated website and I'm like do you know any models do you know any actors to help me out my sister's like please stop oh no <laughs> right? HR I like, nightmare I just like messing with people right so uh, <laughs> if anybody if you know me you know that like comedy entertainment is always. That's number one. Like, I like to laugh, and I like to make people laugh. And people are like, I was like, look, if you read a post that I'm writing on social media, know that I'm writing it smiling and laughing or giggling. Like, like so, I, yeah, I'm never out to be mean to anybody. I just like to tell <laughs> jokes, right? Sometimes you hit some sensitive people, and I don't mean It's to be all right. Mean. It's, yeah. yeah, it's hard to read uh, tone uh, on right? social media yeah, right? sometimes. It's hard to get, yeah, but, exactly. But that's also part of the game. I think people want to see personality, and I struggle with that, like, especially in such a political environment. It's something that we struggled with creating this report is to be able to talk about politics without going there. I, but I think people need to make the decision. If you're going to do stuff like that, people will be gravitating towards you because you will be that voice and yeah. an honest voice. And then, Well, it's, I'm speaking in Oakland this weekend, and the guy's like, I need you at my event. He's been begging me. I went to the first one. <laughs> And he's yep. like, you killed it. But I'm on the stage and I'm just telling jokes, making people laugh and making fun of myself and making fun of my, I mean, I love my tenants, but I'm making fun of my tenants. I throw them under the bus too, right? Because <laughs> everybody's Nick Blackwell, fair game. He, he has got the, I mean, he should, he should uh, trademark that. You can't pay for this kind of entertainment. I mean, you, <laughs> it's so much fun, right? <laughs> tenants is such a blast. Well, I think it's important because when, Everybody shows up and has such a different background and they have such a different personality and it's important for people to see themselves and be inspired by people that they relate to. You know, I, I'm, I took a very different path into this career, very different from several of the other investors. And it's, it's cool that you, a whole new generation of us are showing up, showing that I, I got invited to speed at, at TEDx from That's somebody awesome. that was in the audience in the Inland Empire Club who just liked my story of how I even ended up in this business. And they thought it was inspiring. And they specifically want me to talk to a bunch of college students. I'm like, okay, 
<laughs> so you never know Very who cool. you're going to inspire. As long as it's Harvard or MIT, so I can brand that and use that for the rest of my life for credibility. UCLA. <laughs> UCLA. <laughs> CLA. Let's talk about wholesalers real, real quick because yeah. it's really become a dirty word over the last couple of years. Like somebody's like, I'm going to be a wholesaler. Yeah, <laughs> you immediately I, roll your eyes. What makes a good wholesaler for you? Uh Wholesaling is more about marketing than Correct. anything else. I mean, you don't need to know about how to buy a house. If you're mm-hmm. a good mark, and then people call me like, hey, I want to wholesale. What I said, all right, throw all your real estate books away and, mm-hmm. and go buy some marketing books. Go get a Dan Kennedy book. Go get a Gary Halbert book. Go get something where you can learn. Go get the, 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 the letter book, which is like, I've actually read the entire thing. It's like 400 pages of misery. So, <laughs> uh, I, read I have the that book thing. in my office. Yeah. yeah. I've read the entire thing. And, I need to and read I it again. Prove it with all the outlines and stuff. But I learned a ton, and that's like a hundred year old book. Uh, go study some of that because as a wholesaler, you're not a real estate investor. You are a marketer. I mean, you're a marketer at the core because you need to attract leads into your funnel. Yeah. Right. And then all the other stuff you can figure out. Right. So focus on the marketing side of it, become, become different and try to get your stuff to stand out. And that's always where I spend the majority of my time in my office and in the evenings creating sales letters and, and looking at them and putting them away and then coming back to them and rereading them. And, and Mm. I, I consistently have printed out 500 and I'll sit down and sign every one of them if I'm doing like a, a letter campaign because I want to get the feel of the marketing piece. And if you read it enough times, you start to inspire new ways of, of writing the same sentence just in a little different hook. So. Okay. Well, I mean, I know so many people that do such different channels. I have some people who will just download list off a of property radar and they'll sure. only call or text. Um, so they won't do any direct marketing. I have people that specialize in SEO, but there's still a, you can still text message a bad, uh, you can oh, yeah. send a bad message, right? I yeah. mean, you can send a good one. You can send a bad one. So, oh, of course. And, and so if that's all I was doing, I would test different messages to see what the response is. Mm-hmm. So I was driving up to, uh, uh, this actually came from one of the guys I was driving up to the Owens river to do some fly fishing with a real estate investor. And he was telling me about a conversation he had with another investor. Like what's the shortest sentence you could write to get a response. Right. So we were having this contest. Like, <laughs> and those that. are the kind I of things that. I like to do. Like, hmm. you know, so we could sit here and brainstorm, and have this con- like, can you come up with a shorter sentence than I am that, that I have that would still elicit a response from somebody. Right. So it, it's can it, things like that can be uh, they, mm. they can be a little mind opening in, in as far as writing a text, just a simple text message. Like, how do you get somebody to, to respond to you? So there's a lot of different things that you can do, especially with direct mail or, or sending a text message or an email. Yeah. I mean, for for us, marketing has really changed. My favorite is whenever we have an event or something and you'll put the date in the subject line and you'll have people email back when's the event? And you're like, really? (laughs) Like you can't even read the subject line. Whoa. Um, it's just, we're in a market where there's a lot of noise and then every market's different. Like the Inland Empire. I I love this example. The Inland Empire, we have the Preston Enterprise, the San Bernardino Sun and the Orange County registered all owned by the same company. The demographics are so different. The readability, Orange County. I mean, all their real estate team is basically in Orange County. Now I know all those guys have been working with them for over a decade. Um, we're just, the redheaded stepchild. Nobody wants to work with the Inland Empire. So, which is sad because if you look at, 
if you look at all the cities in the empire, I mean, I'm so pro, I, I'm going to get Riverside tattooed on my forehead, man. I mean, <laughs> don't do that. Like I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I think Riverside, if you look at all the cities in the empire, Riverside, it's the most poised for like explosive. Growth. It's an amazing little city. And they've got so many, like they have a lot of good intentions downtown. And, they do. and there's a lot of in, a private investment going on. They're the, the, do you know about the convention center's expansion? Oh, it's they're be doing huge. so many things. Like I saw the conceptual drawings for downtown and it's like, I want to live in that city. Like, it's really cool looking. I was very involved with the city when they were doing the Riverside Renaissance, and they did something that was a partnership between UCR, the business community, and the city. Um, so during the downturn, we spent $2 billion uh, in, in Riverside doing projects that would have typically taken 35 years. They leveraged the downturn. They just happened to raise the money before the downturn. So we were one of the only cities building. But, I mean, you go downtown and look at the Fox Theater all it's the amazing. development I happening. went into Fox Theater and it was uh, I, I was blown away by how great like it's so it, uh, unassuming from the outside yeah. is that the right word yep right it's like you see like eh. and then you go inside you're like wow this is impressive it, it must be like a, a cave that they <laughs> I mean it's huge it, like goes so far down and it's, it's nice than a lot of Broadway houses uh, yeah, honestly they did such a good job and I think they're now that it's in an, an opportunity zone entire downtown if they yeah. could really get the word out um I mean, we only have about seven minutes left. Let's let's touch opportunity zones a little bit. You're one of the few people that I've seen in the real estate community that's doing it. So I I actually because I'm so pro Riverside, these these uh, apartments, well, their commercial space went up for sale on on Mission and Ave. And and for me, wow, being so pro Riverside and knowing just the 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 mission, it's like Rodeo Drive. I mean, of Riverside, like knowing Mission and Ave, the name alone. Uh, I, I stepped up and snapped these up. So yeah. I'm in escrow now to buy them. And it's, it was originally built as four duplexes. So there's eight units. And okay. at some point in the fifties when I don't know exactly the history of Riverside, but I know at some point Riverside has a very seedy past. Like the downtown area went like, Oh Clark, yeah. Clark's was a dirty movie house. Oh the, yeah. The Pussycat yeah. theater was where the Fox is. So yeah, yeah I mean, downtown. There was some very, I mean, to go walk in the mission in, you're so amazed. And, and to think that this thing was boarded up at one time. Yeah. It was almost it torn was down. slated for demo. Yeah. yeah. So knowing that Riverside is turning the course, it's amazing downtown and it's, and it's only going to get more amazing with the Cheech going in and the new library being built. Yep. Uh, it's really amazing down there. So I bought the property right across from the library while I'm in escrow. I, I will buy the, it once. The new one that's being built? Yeah, right across the street. Oh, wow. So it's these these four Spanish style apartment buildings. I know that exactly which ones you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the garden the garden yeah. ones, right? Yeah, they're going to be mine. So and yeah, so uh, that's an opportunity zone. Yep. Yeah. So I, I when I discovered this was for sale, I I had a vacant rental. I was like, we're selling that thing. I got six figures in equity in there. We're getting rid of that. I'm going to ten thirty one. So it's it's you got to create this fund, and the fund has to buy it. So there's some a little. A, a few more nuances that I have to figure yeah. out, but I got those John Hire, who's uh he's uh, out of Puerto Rico. He's a, a like a, an amazing tax guy. Uh, he sent me a two hour webinar, and I think you get it free if you hit him up on Facebook. He'll send it to you. I can forward you the link if you want. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I haven't watched it yet, but that's on my my plan for tonight. Is you to also watch have this. access to it as a borrower. We have a two hour one too. Oh, do you? I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not good with portals. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy like on no on, well, on social media like posting my stuff on Instagram. That's why we wanted to create it because also you might not know this if you if you pull one of those aside and decide to run a business for, for, from from that you could also have a business that's an opportunity zone business. Yeah. So there's two different layers. When I was asking around the people downtown Riverside. Because there's two, I know somebody who owned a building, this spot, it needed a ton of tenant improvements. She had no idea what was going in. And I happened to have a friend that was going in there, a brewery. 
And she didn't know that Opportunity Zones exist, and she was raising money. And if you're raising money, it's a 10-year play. I mean, yeah. you get the, all the tax benefits if you play the 10-year game. So that's what Steve Massa down in, in downtown was telling me about, is that you could start a fund and you can raise money to yeah. buy these things. And, he, and he, he, this is the great thing, and I'm probably throwing myself under the bus here, but he said, he said, we don't know anybody doing it. He's like, but if you're interested in this, this would be amazing. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I'll have to watch that, that two-hour webinar tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, let's get the word out because yeah. I don't think people, investors are paying enough attention to it. And what's cool about it is that if investors wanted to go from different assets, like it's been a fun ride if you own stocks. Yeah. A lot of people are, uh, one of the things that we're doing in Florida, I have investors that are trying to get out of stocks and they finally get a chance to get into, because uh, you can move any kind of gains. They're looking to get into the real estate for the first time and that's how they're going to do it. I, I really think that if you capitalize on this, it could be like buying Bitcoin at $100 a coin. Yeah. It could be something like that. Like you miss that. That's over. You miss that. You miss buying Tesla. You miss buying Amazon for 50 bucks or whatever. Right? <laughs> Don't screw Here, it up. <laughs> here's, your, here's your Bitcoin at a dollar a coin. Right? Exactly. Here, this is your opportunity. And you can say, oh, poo-poo it and walk away. All right, that's fine. But the people who do jump in, there's a lot of people who want to, they just don't know. So you create the awareness and, and it's a new opportunity. It well, literally could be the Bitcoin at a dollar coin. Especially for you. If you're talking to a lot of real estate investors that are looking to get rid of those rentals, I mean, you could play both sides of that. Like, hey, yeah. what are you doing with your cash? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can also take the principal off the table that you have originally invested in. So if you like some cash now, you can take that off the table and only move the gains. Yeah. Um, the tier two structure, which is where you're raising money to then pass through into businesses, that makes me a little nervous just from the accounting thing standpoint it is work but you know the the other thing was that uh i guess california has some issues where they're not recognizing they're not playing yeah. the game as, yeah. as a federal Which they tend to like to do yeah they <laughs> they need the money now so yeah you do have to know that you're going to have to pay taxes yeah, on pay that now but you know then it's but only on in. the state level only know, on the state federal, level yeah so just try to have a really low income year or something i don't know <laughs> it's just so you don't have to pay don't that. sell your rental on you know just tell your escrow, I need to delay closing until the day after my fiscal year ends. Exactly. <laughs> there are some fun. Well, I saw the opportunity last year and why we wanted to create the opportunity zone and the ADU stuff at the same time is uh, if we're investors that really love California, want to stay here. I'm like, man, this is a way because I really think the next couple of years will be about creating value mm. a lot of the time. And the ADU thing, when it's done well, I think, man, I, I, I'm on the uh, chair of a nonprofit and like one of the employees that specifically reached out and said, I would really love the opportunity. I mean, this is Riverside. He really wants to live closer to, to where he works. And he's like, I would love that. Um, so I think a lot of how people live is just people are willing to change just to be closer to the action. Yeah. That's, um, well, that's we why have I, investor friends that want to live downtown just because they want it walkable. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a very high net worth guy who lives downtown. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're probably talking about <laughs> yeah, the same guy. We're about the same guy. <laughs> um, He's like, oh, it's great. You know, and after, so. well, you lived on the East Coast. I love, I don't need a lot of space. People were like, why didn't you sell your house that you bought in 2010? I'm like, I love my house and it's 2,500 square feet. I don't need more space. I, I think that's what the millennials get is that the stuff is... It, it's like somehow Fight Club, where he says the stuff you owns ends up owning you, has become the new mantra. Somehow that yeah. that, that has gone viral in their in their subconscious, and they're just like, I don't want to own stuff. I can watch movies on my phone. I can download books. You know, I don't I don't need all that stuff anymore. So, well, last last minute, what are you most excited about heading into twenty twenty? What are you looking at? Uh, I'm trying out my game, man. I, I, so I actually got into real estate because I came from the multifamily world. I wanted to get into developing and building my own apartment buildings. But at the time, 
there was no, I think Lynn Hall might have been the only guy. There wasn't really a lot of people out there doing multifamily, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's some trailer park guys like Corey was the mobile home university, whatever. He's kind of talking about that oh, a little yeah, yeah. bit. He'd just come out. So I surrounded myself with house people because that was easy, right? That's the easy access to real estate is houses, right? So I got so entrenched in the house business that I kind of got away from what I really wanted to do in the beginning anyways. And I never wanted to be the single family house guy. I wanted to buy or build multifamily properties. So, okay. so the eight units is the start, but yeah, I'm, I want to scale up and I'm actually going to start selling more of my houses off. Cool. I keep the eight. I have a, uh, quite a few A plus ones that are in the 500,000 and plus range th- that I've rented out low, low loans on them. I like, especially the downtown Riverside ones. I'm never going to get rid of those. I, I mean, think I'll you're going to be happy forever. you got those yeah. suckers. But the uh, stuff in San Bernardino is slated for. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had some people burn one of my properties up Monday night. Oh, Torch no. the thing last Monday, a week ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, Insurance? Uh, I, oh, yeah. It was like, <laughs> I, I feel like I hit the lottery. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I immediately called one of those private adjusters up. I'm like, yeah, I need you to go out and fight the insurance company. Give me a big payday. And then I'm just going to sell the building. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> nice. Have you had any problems with any of your properties? And I've had one with the fire stuff getting canceled because you're in a fire zone. Uh, well, I own a house. Actually, I was looking at your map earlier. You see that big landslide on the, it's like uh, if you follow the freeway and straight up this big landslide area, I own a house at the top of that landslide oh. uh, up in Rim Forest. And uh, that's in a fire area. And the insurance like doubled. I mean, it went way up. Yeah. So it's very expensive. The there, house is free and clear, so it's not killing my, it's, it's expensive, but it's not killing the cash flow. Do you, you invest in a few other markets besides California? I was in five states at one time. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was in Texas, Colorado, Utah, and Massachusetts. Oh, I didn't know you were in all, dang. Yeah. All, and, and you sold a lot of the stuff in other I, states I and trying to focus more? Everything out of state except one, which okay. I would I would gladly get rid of that. So <laughs> I'm trying to do another deal in that same, in that same market. But it's a, I, like I said, I'm trying to buy bigger houses and bigger deals, not houses, bigger deals. So this is a, I like doing historic properties too. I've kind of, I've done a few of them now. Uh, I kind of have, uh, an you're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I dig them. I own a big one on Bandini. I own a very large, uh, Victorian on Bandini, which I turned into a sober living facility and oh, good. I do very well on that. Uh, and I've done some some on the other side of the freeway, some historic properties, and uh, did one in Whittier, a bunch of them. I've done a bunch of historic properties. So I, I like that. I, I know that there's a premium that comes with those. Like you can be an actor or you could be an actor with an Oscar, right? I mean, you're both actors. <laughs> you have both equal skills, right? But he just happened or she just happened to get the, the part that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more money that comes along with that other Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I get that people like flagship properties in their portfolio. I'm not one of them, but I get it. Mm-hmm. So uh, like the one that I'm buying downtown, the, when I was meeting with uh, the historical society, he said, uh, hey, this could possibly qualify for uh, a landmark. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he's not going to get any extra benefits of it, but being a landmark property, it's definitely going to up the value of it. Have you talked to the city? I'm just curious. All um, the time. Have you talked to them about the ADU law that allows you to expand up to 25% more units in commercial? I haven't because I'm not really the ADU guy. Like I, I get it, but uh, the houses that I own that I want to keep, the idea of putting an ADU in the backyard is just like, I don't know. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. But the commercial, if you could reconfigure some of them to create smaller little micro units or something. Um, I was just curious if you had had the conversation, if that's something that they're looking to do. Because the state gave the city's permission, the suggestion. 
but I haven't talked to any cities that are like, yes, if you're willing to do ADUs for commercial, it's just reconfiguring the internal square feet. Yeah, I think like in a city like LA and probably downtown Riverside in the future, in LA, it makes a lot of sense because real estate's so expensive. And and that's how a lot of people live anyways. They have a little unit in the back, a grandmother's unit or something like that. But mm. the majority of my stuff is kind of track housing. Yeah, that's it a, just, it's not a good thing. It would fit. be very, yeah, the the privacy wise, it's just like people are like, I don't really want someone over my garage. You know? Don't be a cram lord. Especially just if don't you're do moving it. into a. <laughs> So if we're in LA and we're talking about Orange County, we're talking about a $500,000 house, you're like entry level. But if you're buying a $500,000 house in Riverside, it's in a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. You don't want somebody living over your garage. Right? So oh my gosh. And even not if you're paying like $2,000 a month in rent. You no, just, that yeah. would be upsetting. So those are the houses that I want to keep and I don't want to buy ADUs. Them. I would probably put one on my own house just because I don't like people in my house. So when people come over, be like, yeah, that's where you're staying over there. Like you sleep <laughs> above the garage. <laughs> don't come in my house. Exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I stocked I your fridge. Just stay over there. I'll come visit you. So <laughs> I'm a very private. I, I do a lot of public speaking stuff, but I'm a very private person. Like I never have people over my house. Really? Yeah, no, no. All right. Never. Only at the clubs. Yeah. I mean, I, I like going out and visiting with people, but yeah, like that's my sanctuary. All right. My no. house is kind of hey, crappy anyways. People like have this, you know, have this idea like, what? So, yeah, I just don't, I rehab everything except where I live. My house is, I mean, I, it's got new windows and stuff like that, but it's pretty run down. <laughs> I threw my couch away. It was so bad. I have no couch. I haven't had a couch in like six months. Really? Yeah. I just threw it away. I was like, it was so beat up. They had a cat and a cat ruined it. And I was like, ah. Oh. So we went couch shopping. I can't do it. Like, I can't look at menus. It's just too much information for me. I always tell my wife, just order for me. I can't. I get so overwhelmed by things. <laughs> I, I really think I have un, like, undiagnosed uh, OCD, right? It's just too much information. It's, so, yeah, I went couch shopping. We probably spent a whole week and went everywhere. And I was like, I, I can't decide. I'm over it. I just going <sighs> to. Well, if people want to. I have issues, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You're, you're killing it. Well, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can follow uh, you online? Yeah, on Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Right? I mean, what's, a, what's the Instagram handle? Aaron the House Buyer. Aaron the House Buyer. I think by the end of the year. Aaron gonna the House Buyer. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> I think by the end of the year, I'm probably going to change that to Aaron the Apartment Buyer. Or, really? Yeah, uh, because I, I, like I said, I. I like I like single family and it's been very well to me, but I just it's not what I wanted to do. It's not why I ever got into this business. So I mean, it's on. I, it's always been in the back of my mind. Like, why am I still doing this? I don't really enjoy it. I mean, I I get entertainment out of it, but it's it's like if you want to play in the NBA and you're at the farm league level still, right? And you're just mm -hmm. like you're not trying to get to the NBA. Like, well, why am I not trying to get to the NBA? That's where I want to be. All right, so putting in those double sessions and stuff. We're gonna have to wrap around like a next year or something and see how that's that's going and fun. You make things happen, man. I know, you, <laughs> I know you do. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been no, fun. It's, I, I love hanging out with you. I mean, you're <laughs> like we have so much in common. You got names. This, that's the best. You got the super cool name. I think I'm older than you, so I come first. So we'll we'll talk about that after. <laughs> a A R O N double A always comes first. All right, Aaron, the house buyer, if you want to connect with Aaron online. And he's got an entertaining feed, so you need to check it out. <laughs> the Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com.